What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode number 35. My name is Josh Toll, and I am joined by my good friend, Brent Roberts, as always, and our AI companion, H. Bottery. Welcome to Hapticast. What's up, everybody? What's up, Josh? How you doing, H. What's going on? Kill me. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, Josh, episode 35. Seems yeah. like seems like a big one for some reason. I don't know why, but toast. Mm. Okay, toast of my I'll toast you with my black coffee. That's right, because I'm out of cream. So what's going on? What are you What have you been up to? How was this week? It's all right, man. It's a lot going on. Very yeah. busy. In the process of applying to other jobs. Nice. Um, on top of trying to make sure my summer stuff is ready to go with the shows and stuff, it's there's a lot going on right now. So. I'm a little tired, forewarning, but that's all right, because we're here to talk about video games and things that take a lot of deals. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot about that little catchphrase. That's right. Um, so on the docket today, Brett, we got Elden Ring that we're going to be talking about and the Elden Ring leak. Uh, finally, something, even though it's not official. But, yeah. I mean, come on now. Um, Diablo 2 save data carrying over more than 20 years in the future. Uh, we're going to be going over our top 10 games of all time. So we finished our our personal top 50 lists last week with our personal top 10s. Um, and this week, we're going to be going over our Haptic Intel's overall top 10 games of all time. I'm excited for that. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I just took my own spit. All right. Yeah. And then... Uh, We'll be rounding it out with Indie Intel today with a game called Lucid Soul, um, which I think you're really going to like. It is a horror turn-based JRPG where you play the villain. So, All right. Anyway. All right. Well, with that being said, Brett, <clears throat> why don't we quickly go through uh, what we've been uh, consuming this week as far as media goes. All right. You want me to start? Yeah. Okay. So I watched the WandaVision finale. I know you did as well. I liked it because I don't mind the Marvel MCU stuff. Uh, I know you don't mind it, but I know you liked the direction that WandaVision was heading into with the more Lynchian, you know, style of the first two episodes. Yes, uh, the non-normie style of it. Yeah. was really nice. Yeah, it was. I agree. Um, I still think there was a lot of cool stuff that they did, a lot of cool Easter eggs and a lot of, um, you know, just little things that they like little Easter eggs that they threw in there that still kind of gave it that Lynchian effect. Like um, minor spoilers here. Uh, Josh, if you remember the toaster, the Stark toaster commercial from one of the first episodes, yeah. there was the red blinking light. Yeah. And you find out that that is uh, the bomb that lands uh, with the blinking light. So like there's little cool things like that. Um, I, I don't know. I've been doing some like deep dive videos of people talking about like uh, the commercials and, you know, different themes of the episodes and, and little things that characters say. I don't know. I just think that uh, it's a lot deeper than I thought it was. And it's a, obviously a character study and right. It's right. a character study of, of someone who goes through every stage of grief. Literally you see it in each episode. Uh, I don't know. And I, I thought it was just a, you know, it's a sad tale. It's a sad story, but, uh, I thought it was important to be told, and it kind of wraps everything up for Wanda and Vision in a nice way. 
so we can move on to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which Wanda will be a part of. Uh, so I did like it. I uh, thought it was good. I also started watching an anime series called Skate the Infinity. I told you about it a little bit. Uh, I'm going to start watching episode two probably tomorrow uh, because, Josh, as you see behind me, is the AEW World Championship tonight, the day we're recording this, is AEW uh, Revolution pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be watching that tonight, and that's going to be consuming my whole afternoon and night. So mm-hmm. that's that. Besides that, Josh, games, what have I been playing? Valheim. That's it. Of course. Call of Duty. Uh, they had the new Outbreak game mode that you and I have been playing a little bit with our friend Sean. Mm-hmm. But besides that, it's Valheim. Do you want to give us an update on where we are with Valheim? Uh, where are we in Valheim? We beat two bosses. That's right. Uh, we are really taking our time with it and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. We're doing some base fortifications. We just got iron. Yeah. Um, so we're able to make, you know, stone cutters, upgrade our forge, uh, build stone walls, which we spent some time doing. Um, a game is just a lot of fun. It is, man. It's just, it's a time sink. It hits, a, checks a lot of boxes for us. Um, excited to go back in and obviously experience more of the quote unquote story and fight more bosses and stuff but we're exploring got to the swamps some did some sea voyages for the first time even worse bad which are not good uh so yeah yeah but the worst the worst sea creature of all in valheim is the island troll dude that was ridiculous literally just in the middle of the ocean on an island a troll that almost sank our ship it's funny because like he also like spawned in like we didn't see him you know what i mean it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like we could avoid the island with the troll on it and i think even if we did see it his club had such a fucking reach and then he started following us in the in the water as well so of course yes yeah so um but yeah valheim's cool man i, I like that it's made by like five people yeah um, and it's you know now it has five million players i'm sure this week they'll hit six million for sure uh and it'll keep going and going those guys are making so much money yeah um i actually saw and, like right before we started filming today uh pewdiepie finally started playing it and you know oh, well there you go yeah that's, that's it that's all you need that's it um yeah so it's cool and it's still in early access which is nuts and they're like a quarter of the game is done and there's i mean we've played it for over 40 hours i would assume at this point oh yeah um, for sure something like that and you know we've barely scratched the surface on just what's in that early access stuff we're having a great time with it so yeah um but besides that i watched one division two uh the cgi superhero suck fest <laughs> the- uh, i don't i'm just i don't need more of that for marvel in my life um uh, not that's even inherently bad like what we got like it was fine it was cool mm-hmm. um i just i i felt the exposition was really heavy uh and like dude the stuff between spoilers between both visions mm-hmm. when they're like talking about um that you know that philosophical like the ship thing archimedes ship or whatever it is and it's like they kept like ham fisting it and i felt like that seems like 10 minutes long and i'm like dude i fucking understand like i get it oh we, Can we please we get move it, on but i get it can we move on please fuck the normies fuck anybody that's a normie watching this d- d- I, fuck them like i just move on I, and it just took me out of it and made me mad so obviously as you can tell uh at one point about that vision the white vision quite literally or the real he's the real vision uh yeah. the body of vision quite literally flies into the sky and you never see what happens to him they yeah. never close that loop by the way 
I don't care. I don't need any loops closed. I do. I think. <laughs> Where'd he go? He was gonna kill himself, right? What happened? Where's his body now? That's what I want to know. I don't know, man. I just I loved like the first six episodes, seven seven episodes, because um, it was just weird, and like there was a little bit that was like grounded in reality and like the, like the Marvel stuff, but like there was still a lot of just weird. Like you didn't know what was going on, mm -hmm. and I feel like I could have lived in that like wanda controlled town for like three seasons i would have liked more of that as well i think and it, like it should have been two seasons in my opinion it could could have could have breadcrumbed where we ultimately ended up and i think i would i would personally have received it better yeah i also gotta tell you i didn't really enjoy this stuff with um oh, what's her name the uh african-american lady uh the the uh she gets superpowers by walking through the the hexagon thing um yeah captain marvel's the little girl from captain marvel her um i just thought her character was very it was weird i feel like she done dirty she was like, done dirty it was, it like, was like they like shoehorned in there yeah like they made her so important and then in the end like she barely did anything to do anything like she she had these awesome powers and she didn't really even do anything with them um yeah. it was just clearly setting her up for captain marvel 2 or or something uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Whatever. Yeah. Shit's stupid. Um, but I think that's it. I don't. I don't know. I watched some Italian movie horror movies last night from Mario Baba that were good. But uh, uh, I'm watching Twin Peaks still. I finished the second season, which oh. I forgot. I forgot how nuts the last episode in that season is. Yeah. And I've seen it a couple times now, obviously. But I was like watching it, and I'm like, can you imagine like? watching this on tv in the 90s is that the episode like, where where cooper goes crazy and well the evil cooper yeah. comes out of the black lodge and then like is like i have to brush my teeth yes and he goes and just bangs his head on the the uh mirror and then bob is his reflection yeah. who as obviously you know he that's mr c from season three but um it just i was like thinking the entire because there's not much dialogue in that episode like it's just in the red room and it's fucking nuts yeah and I'm, I was thinking, I was like, dude, there's some people in the 90s that didn't know what the fuck was going on. And they didn't get closure for like 20 years. <laughs> until season, 25 years? Yeah, season three came out. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's cool. But I think that's, that's pretty much it. I didn't write down as much as I did last week. But okay. anyway, before we hop into the main topics, Brett, do we want to talk about this little thing? Yeah. First. Okay. I'll let you talk about it. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we'll just keep it short and sweet. Um, guys, we're going to be doing a live stream series. We don't know how many, you know, uh, days we're going to be live streaming. We don't know how many it's going to take to beat the, the game we're going to be playing. But we are going to be playing a game. It is a game that Josh has never played, that he should have played a long time ago. It's a franchise that we all love. Um, how can I put this? Um, you're going to want to attend this live stream you're going to want to be part of it. You're going to want to live uh, in this live stream with us. You're going to want to be a resident of this live stream with us. So, uh, you know, uh, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel because we are going to be putting out a teaser this week that, you know, uh, shows you exactly what game we're going to be playing. Um, so, yeah, check it out, you know. And don't forget to subscribe while you're there. You know, be be a good uh, viewer. Don't be evil. And uh, 
drop a sub so you get reminded when we go live. Any other ones you think you could squeeze in there? Or is that pretty much it? I think that's pretty much it. So yeah, check out our our, our teasers coming out this week. Be ready for it. Uh, and yeah, I think you're gonna be liking what we're selling, folks. Ah, uh, yes, that's a good one. Okay. All right. Anyway, let's let's move on. <laughs> All right, Brett. First topic for today uh, is we're going to be taking a look at the Elden Ring uh, leak. Yeah. So do you want to, um, instead of watching it here in the studio, you want to go to the theater and watch it? And then even if in the theater we can't play it because there's an issue with YouTube mm -hmm. that we can just put up screenshots behind us so they're bigger? Or yeah. What? what do you want to do? Yeah, let's yeah. do that. All right. HBOT, why don't you take us down to the theater, baby? Please. Thank you. No problem, Josh. So, Josh, it's unfortunate. So Brett. It's unfortunate that this had to happen this way, but uh, Elden Ring fans have been done so dirty lately, and we really haven't yeah, gotten any information about the game at all. Mm -mm. And apparently, we were going to be getting a trailer very soon, and unfortunately, the trailer leaked online. Now, normally, I would say let's just wait for the actual trailer to release, but it's been about a week uh, since this came out. And it, we still haven't got an official trailer. So I would like to, I haven't hung out with you. We haven't had the chance to watch this together. We've both seen it, but we haven't been able to dissect it fully. So why don't we watch this trailer um, together, talk about what we see, and talk about what we're excited for. Yeah, let's uh, do it. And please, um, now, one of two things are going to happen. First of all, we're going to put this up, right? And Miyazaki is going to be fine with it, which is A. So you'll see it on the screen behind us, okay? B is that Miyazaki is not happy with us. And, you know, since he's our senpai, we'll have to take the video off and just move to screenshots instead. Because, uh, listen, we're not trying to ruffle any feathers here. Um, but uh, when you announce a game so fucking early and then don't give us anything, we're going to suck everything off, okay? Yeah. All right. So here we go, Brett. Play this. All right. Nah. And keep in mind, there is like confidentiality uh, watermarks all over the screen. That's just the nature of the beast. This was yeah. an internal video that leaked. So yeah, uh, then this is shit quality. But here yeah. we go. So we start off here with something looking, uh, you know, high fantasy medieval. Yes. A dragon. So we got a dragon here. These look like giant trolls or something with. Uh, yeah harpoons through their chest almost like they're being made to work that looks like a giant titan of some sort magician looking like a uh, gandalf what drives you yeah. to seek the elder ring i suppose you can't be talked into turning back Regular just skeleton enemies? Very weird to me. Dragon from earlier. Yeah. Boss fight. Magic, you're gonna be very happy with that. Riding on a horse, that's new. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, there's a jump cut. Completely cut. cut. 
Oh, that's right, because this is like a conglomeration of a few different things. Yeah, that looks straight out of Dark Souls right there. Yeah. Same animation as Dark Souls there. Dark Souls. Yeah. And this game is supposed to be open world. Yeah. And this looks like a boss. Yeah. Some sort. Unfinished, obviously. You can see the clipping a little bit. Yeah. Very stiff animations. Yeah. Very cool boss There's arena. Bloodborne. There's Bloodborne, dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's what we know. The game, you know, George R.R. R. Martin of Game of Thrones fame apparently helped work on the story of this game. Uh, it's open world. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. which is the first time we're ever getting a Dark Souls or Bloodborne game that uh, is open world. True. So what do you think, Josh? Um, listen, I want this game. I really do. Um, I really want them to give it to me right now, <clears throat> and I want them to do something with it immediately. Now, I have heard, and that makes sense because of the pandemic and stuff, right, um, that the work from home stuff has stifled some production. Yeah. Um, I don't think this game is coming out this year. Um, I think if anything, it'll come out next year, if at all next year. Um, I think, unfortunately, we might still be really far away from this, more so than people think. Um, that's just kind of a gut feeling I have. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it looks... It's hard to tell even how it looks from this because it's such shitty quality. Right? Yeah. But it looks like a return to, like, the Dark Souls, like, high fantasy type, you know, RPG stuff that the series is really known for. But obviously this is supposed to be more open world, um, and it's going to be probably a little bit larger in scope than some of their other games. Yeah, so I've actually heard rumors that the game is further along than a lot of people think, um, okay. and it could release very soon. Uh, mm. So that's that's just what I've heard. I heard why, why would they have been why would they have been quiet for so long? Then? Well, because the pandemic did it did impact development, um, but it's like the final touch. Uh, what I've heard is that it is the final stages of development, like the polish um, and all okay. of that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get it this fall. We get the teaser soon. We get it this fall or early 2022 at the latest. Uh, that okay. that is my my thought. Um, now, certainly, Josh, with the amount of info we've gotten about this game, I, I don't doubt or blame you, actually, for, you know, thinking that we're not getting it for a long time and it's very far away because we truly have not gotten a lot of information about this game. Um, yeah. So one thing that worries me, my friend, is one of the cool parts about Dark Souls and Bloodborne is finding those shortcuts that link the different areas together, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's one of the coolest things is when you find the shortcut, it opens up a new area. And you're like, oh, right. I'm, I'm still here. It's just now I can get there easier. I'm worried that with the open world nature of Elden Ring, we're going to be missing that. But I hope that hmm. that's not I feel like case. it would be even more intense in that aspect of it. It could be. It could be. You, you could very yeah. well be, be right there. Um, but what is what is even open world? I mean, because I mean, like, were previous Dark Souls like not? I feel like, mm -mm. They you were know, linear. Although some areas were very big and open. In a sense. Um, but I was like, but, but what is our definition of open world? I, you can go back to wherever you want to at any time for the most part. 
That's true. You know, I don't I don't I don't know how how different for this series open world is going to make well, it. And you know what? You just opened my eyes to something actually. Like um open world for for Elden Ring could be as simple as, you know, how each area in for example, let's take Demon Souls, right? You can't go from one area to another in Demon Souls. There's not one path you could take to get to each area. Right. Uh, you have to teleport, right? So maybe mm -hmm. open world is all of those are connected. Um, right. The hub world connects everything else. And like you can just travel between yeah. all of them. And I feel like yeah. actually like Dark Souls 2 might have been that way, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the most part. Um, yes. Maybe it just means that the areas that you're actually exploring are more open and they're not as linear. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? It's, you know, I feel like there's a lot of definitions to that. Yeah, it could be like Breath of the Wild where there's just open plains of of fields and, and mountains and, you know, you can go there if you want. So um, I'm not sure, but I'll tell you this. The game's going to be hard as fuck. I can already tell you. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. And we will absolutely be playing it together. Absolutely. And when, so. a, when a real trailer does drop, I am looking forward to checking it out and... Uh, Seeing what the game really has for us, because we really don't get a good glimpse after what we just saw. No. Um, and I do just one more like little, um, I don't know, anecdote to that is like the lack of news or like at a release date or like a whatever, like a countdown to whenever it's launching has become such a meme. Um, I saw this article this week that there was this dude um, on Reddit, who is playing the final boss of Sekiro um, every day and beating the boss every day without healing and also using the demon bell to make it harder um, every day until <laughs> Elden Ring is released. Yeah, the subreddit is almost unbearable uh, with the lack of uh, information. Yeah, it's... Um... It's just funny because there's also like that that YouTube channel like Countdown to Elden Ring or whatever or New Elden Ring news and it's like every day it's like there is no news and that's the video. It's like a twenty <laughs> second video. Like, yeah, um, so it's funny. But listen, I'm excited. It was cool to see this a little bit. I hope we get like this actual trailer like this week yeah. or something, uh, so we could watch it in higher res. Um, and I want to know when the game's coming out because if it's sooner, I would love it like now. Yeah, and so, one one thing actually before we move on, um, yeah, there is a new Bandai. Here we go. So at the time of recording, five days ago, there was a news article that broke that said Bandai Namco sparks rumors of Nintendo Direct style presentation with new trademark Bandai Namco next. Mm. Um, oh yeah, new trademark filed on December 29th with the European Union Intellectual Property Office. Um, doesn't mean anything, but it's been fueled by an Elden Ring trailer leaking, which is what we just watched. And right. Band Bandai Namco's upcoming restructure in April. It is possible that incoming president Masaru Masaru Kawaguchi is also seeking a fresh approach. So, hmm. who knows? We might be seeing a uh, Bandai Namco direct, and hopefully, it doesn't come before this video goes up. So, this might be. We need to put this shit out the first. Out of all the videos that we're going to do today, this yeah. one needs to go up. Because at any time, this fucking trailer could drop. True. So. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, why don't we uh, head back up to the studio and we'll keep going. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> all 
All right, Brett. Well, let's talk about Diablo 2, shall we? Sure. Admittedly, a game that we have literally no experience playing whatsoever. True. But that's, I don't think that's kind of what the crux of this conversation is going to be. It's not. So, um, obviously, Diablo 2 resurrected, resurrected was showed off at BlizzCon Line. Bad um, name. Such a bad name. Um, literally the worst name for a con I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, Furry Con has a better name than that, dude. Wow. Anyway, um, so Diablo, Diablo 2 Resurrected was announced um, that it's like, it's not really a remake, but a re. It's the same game, essentially, that's being updated and released, okay? But it just came out this past week at the time of recording that Diablo 2 Resurrected will allow you to import your saved game from the original game. Now, mind you, that game is like 20 years old. And you can use your same save. Now, obviously, Diablo fans are happy, right? Diablo is a time-consuming game. People grinded in it. They have, you know, lots of items and characters and whatever it is. Whatever you do and you get in Diablo 2 is, you know, people want it. So now you can just take all of that and your save and bring it over to the Resurrected. Okay? So, <clears throat> um, Blizzard... What the fuck? Oh, Blizzard the company that makes the game, <laughs> told Polygon that the uh, remaster uh, basically is the original game. So it's not really surprising that this uh, save function is transferring over. But uh, Ferguson, uh, who I believe is the game's director, said that it's, you know, it's not a remake. And, you know, he said, quote, we're not reverse engineering it. We're not rebuilding it and trying to make it look and sound like Diablo 2. This is Diablo 2. It's right there underneath the service. The entire simulation, the engine for the game, the lifeblood of the game is Diablo 2. So there's a toggle switch, a legacy toggle that you can press a button. So you'll see behind the curtains. And then there's a Diablo 2 and 2D sprites running right there. And you can play the way that you played 20 years ago. That's really cool. Um, and then when commenting specifically on the saved, um, Ferguson told IGN Middle East that they kind of just shoved it in and it worked. <laughs> wow. So it just works, folks. It just works. That's incredible. Uh, first of all, I think I should say that um, it's no it's no secret that Diablo 2 is the more popular Diablo game. It was actually like the Diablo game. Right. Uh, even and when we, 3 we came played out. Diablo, yeah, we played Diablo 3, but that's it. Yeah. When 3 came out, a lot of people were not negative against it, but people still played Diablo 2 actually for a long time because it was such a good game. Right. So um, this is really cool that it's getting this treatment and I'm excited to try it out. Uh, you know, I don't yeah. know if it'd be like going, I'm worried that it's going to be like going back in time after playing Diablo 3, it's going to be a little mm -hmm. more basic, but maybe the updated visuals and stuff will, will help out with that. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's besides the point. This is so fucking cool. <clears throat> there are modern games that can't figure out how to transfer save data between the two. Uh, and this game from like how many years ago is 20, 20 years you can import yeah, I, a save. And I believe of note too, it's going to have cross play between PC and consoles and everything too. That's so. incredible. That means that some kid, this is a call back to the beginning of the episode, by the way, that some kid that was playing Diablo two and watching Twin Peaks season two mm -hmm. is going to be able to take his save data from back then and play it in 2021 yeah. while also watching Twin Peaks season two and twin peaks season four actually which is coming out this year no don't do that to me uh so yeah that's just it's really cool and the fact that modern games can't even really nail that um you know there's like ps4 version ps5 versions of ps4 games that are still struggling to let you import your save data and that's only a yeah. couple years difference right so right 
So it's cool, man. Uh, I'm excited to try it out. And I think it's like, and for some people, damn, I wish, I wish we played Diablo 2 when we were younger. Because um, it's going to be like a time capsule for people, man. Yeah. Like to re-experience their saves and their characters and stuff. And yeah, um, I don't know. It's just really neat. And I, I like it. I don't even know what the equivalent would be for us. Like what's something that we played when we were kids that if we could like load like i guess the equivalent to that would well that's not really a popular game but uh like remember fortress craft that minecraft ripoff we yeah. played yeah so like fortress craft before minecraft was out on consoles there was a game called fortress craft there's a lot of these ripoff minecraft games on uh, xbox mm. live arcade but the one that we played was called fortress craft and this is like the equivalent of like fortress craft like our fortress craft world uh being hdified and we could still load up our save or something you know what i mean just something yeah. something we sunk a lot of hours into i was just thinking about some of the stuff we built in fortress craft and uh it would be quite insane to see it now i'll just i mean after some of the things we've built in like minecraft or valheim especially like our skills have improved so much yeah i remember so. we, we tried building a full-scale city with a sewer system under it in fortress craft yeah yeah yeah. It didn't work out. The boss well. tower. Yeah. The hospital. Oh my God. Yeah. Damn, you just jogged loose a lot of memories. Yeah. DJ Arcus, if you're watching, shout out to you. Um, I wonder if Fortress Craft is still supported at all. I think it is. Damn. We're, we're going we way off play. topic here. We should we should play it. I don't know if it's backwards compatible on Xbox. Uh it's on mm -hmm. Steam. For, oh. for, Fortress Craft evolved. Nah, I want to play the original. All right. Anyway, yeah. So Diablo Two Resurrected, you can carry your saves over. It's pretty fucking cool. Uh, good on them for doing that. Absolutely. Okay, Brett. It is that time of the show. The last time of the show for this segment specifically. That's right. Um, <clears throat> of our top fifty games of all time segment that is now leading into our haptic Intel's top ten games of all time. Yeah. So um, do you want me to give a rundown of what exactly we did here? Yeah. Go ahead. Do it. All right, so guys, what we did was, you know, in the, in the weeks leading up to today, we did videos where we went through 50 of our top favorite games. Each of us had a list of 50. And what we did was each game got assigned a point value based on where it landed on our list. So what Josh did before we started was took all of our games, took their point values and added them up. So whatever I gave it, whatever he gave it, and then he listed them all by total. So what we have for you is a list of games, 10 of, we're going to go over the top 10, uh, which is essentially josh and i's favorite video games of all time averaged out me and him as friends as a youtube channel together yeah and looking at the list i'd say that these 10 games uh encapsulate our taste and you know the games that you and i definitely both enjoy so yeah uh, listen excited. it's a it's a good list folks okay it's a very good list um before before we hop into the actual top 10 do you want do you want to do a couple of honorable mentions here or you just want to go right in the top 10 do you want to what do you want to do well my thing here is we could do let's do the the top two honorable mentions because the rest are games that uh were pushed one way or the other because of one of us gotcha we, i see what, i see what you're saying yep. yeah okay all right so let's do let's let's start off with you know honorable mention number one our number 12 uh favorite game of all time mm -hmm. it's doom 2016 yeah it's and a great i think game. I think that we both love that game. I think that that game did a lot of cool things and it reinvented that franchise and it, it did exactly what it needed to do in the reinvention of Doom, right? Yeah. 
it was badass the music was great that's it yeah it's an, it's a fantastic game yeah um all right second honorable mention brett is resident evil 2 specifically the remake yeah as a slapper we, we both love that game we both played through that game multiple times yep so. yeah i think that that game did it right uh resident evil 3 missed the mark a little bit remake uh but resident yeah. evil 2 nailed it uh fantastic game i love it yeah all right all right so, so let's hop into the top 10 here. Do you just want to rotate back and forth? Yeah, that's fine uh, with me. Each read one. So why don't you go ahead and kick it off with our number 10? All right. Number 10, very fitting game for our number 10. Uh, the game that kickstarted Haptic Intel, in my opinion, uh, and it's The Last of Us, part one, the first game. Uh, yeah. You know, very fond memories of playing this game. Very fond memories of talking about this game with you, Josh. I, I mentioned it when we brought it up the first time. The Last of Us was a game that both of us played. And we took a long car ride when we first became friends somewhere and we were just going back and forth about it in the car like, oh, and this part happened. Oh, the part's so great. What about this part? So I, I think that, you know, the nature of Haptic Intel, what we are as a channel is we're two friends talking about games with you, the viewer, and uh, all of that stemmed from The Last of Us, in my opinion. So yeah. that's a good summary. And it's listen, we've talked about the game a lot on our channel, talked about that series a lot. Um, why it is you know so good the characters it encapsulates some of our favorite stuff which is horror zombies you know drama, drama. and good characters so it's a it's a great game and a very uh worthy number 10 spot on our list absolutely so, uh, all right so go ahead what's number all right, number so, nine yeah. so our number nine brett is super mario odyssey uh, of note, this was the same rank on both of our lists. Okay. And mind you, we didn't look at each other's list at all before filming. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was the same rank on both of our lists for me. Uh, I love this game. It's the first Mario game that I, I ever played slash beat. Um, I enjoyed the fuck out of it. I am not a normal platforming. I don't like platformers, uh, usually at all. Uh, not that I don't like them, I'm just not good at them. Um, and yeah, it's it's a fantastic game. It's so much fun. The movement, uh, the moments in the game, the music, how everything connects, and it's a fantastic game. I don't know. Yeah, simply playing as Mario in this game is fun, and yeah. uh, it's it's very clearly, in my opinion, uh, the best three D Mario game. Oh, so yeah. you know, it took everything that made uh, Super Mario sixty four and Sunshine and Galaxy so great and put it all together, and that's what you get. Yeah, great game. Absolutely. All right. Number eight on Haptic Intel's top fifth or top 10 uh, favorite games of all time is Resident Evil 7. And Josh, if I'm looking at the numbers correctly, this was one that we were very close to putting in the same spot. Yeah, we was like one off of each other. Yeah. yeah. So Resident Evil 7 was a, another game that was a total reinvention of the franchise. It took what, uh, you know, years and years and years of games have done to establish the franchise and said, we're going to change it up. We're going to make it first person. We're going to make a VR mode, which is incredible, by the way. Um, and the story itself was just fantastic. Some of the scares in this game are ridiculous. Um, I mentioned in our previous our previous video when uh, I forget his name now, when the guy busts through the fucking wall out of nowhere after the dinner table scene, it is mm -hmm. so fucking scary, man. Yeah. Um, the one the room you mentioned where you're in the, the little, little girl's kids room. room yeah that's the the originally that's the only part i played in vr i was like let me try it out yeah last about five minutes i was like fuck no absolutely not yeah and then i got out of it yeah 
And there's a crazy boss fight at the very end, as is, you know, normal yeah. with most Resident Evil games. You've played a giant monstrosity, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, Resident Evil 7 is fucking awesome. Yeah. Great game. Yeah. All right, Brett. Number nine. No, eight? Seven. Seven. Jesus. My bad. I can't do math. Uh, number seven on our list um, is Portal 2. Um, now, this was uh, a little bit off on like where we had it placed. I had it lower than you did. Yeah. Um, but we both praised the game for very similar reasons. Uh, the puzzle, it's like one of, it's the best puzzle game in our opinion ever, ever made. It's the, the co-op is so unique. The story is awesome. The characters and Wheatley and just everything about this game slaps and it took everything that was good about Portal 1 and expanded upon it and made it even better, um, which is nuts. Absolutely. I, I don't have anything else to add. Uh, you know, if you want to hear my full thoughts, check out the video. I the video we put out previously. Um, yeah, all I can. There's two things that I want to say. Um, number one, I said this in the previous video. Portal two makes Portal one look like a tech demo and Portal one yeah. is an already an incredible game. So there's that. And number two, uh, when you shoot a portal on the goddamn moon, that's yeah, it. that's fucking yeah. it. All right. Yeah, it's a slaptastic game. Yeah. All right. So number six is another kind of more recent game. Uh, and it's actually one of the only Nintendo games on our top 10. And that's Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. This was your first Legend of Zelda game, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of my first ones that I played th the whole thing completely through. Uh, I played Ocarina of Time when I was younger and I played some other ones. But this was like the first one that I actually played the whole thing through. And I think that the best part about Breath of the Wild that sums up both of our opinions is that you just have freedom to do whatever you want in any order you want in any way you want. There's puzzles right. and you can solve it in any way. Um, you can get creative and, uh, you know, it just has that feeling of exploration that yeah. you don't get in many games. It's so such an open world with so much freedom, right? Yeah. It's, um, I mean, like you said, it's the first Zelda game I played. This and, you know, Mario Odyssey, which are both you know, on our top 10 list. So I think that just speaks to the level of quality mm -hmm. of Nintendo games. But uh, there's the sense of discovery and the feeling uh, that you get when playing Breath of the Wild. It's just, it just works. Everything about the game works for yeah. me. <clears throat> um, and it's just, it's such a, it's such a great game and a good experience. Um, and, you know, it's going to be hard for Nintendo, I think, to ever up themselves on this one. I think so too. I don't want to also forget to mention it's also a very beautiful game. The graphics oh, are, yeah. it has its own art style. It's very beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, the music is beautiful. The little sound effects, you know, when you encounter something, a little sound effect will play and it's just like it fully yeah. engrosses you in the world, you know? Yeah. Every part of it feels intentional and cared for yeah. in its design. So. For such a huge open world <clears throat> game, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. All right, Brett, our number five, um, a game that you and I have both played a lot in our life and that is call of duty 4 modern warfare now i know there's probably gonna be a lot of people out there that are like you have a call of duty game on your top 10 list of all time and you're goddamn right we fucking do all right this game slaps first of all the story it's one of the best like action call of duty like blockbuster big over the top stories that have ever been put into video games okay so you're damn right it's on our list and also then there's the multiplayer <clears throat> which defined you know modern call of duty fps shooters um this is it this is the game 
Um, we played this game a lot growing up. Um, and just, I don't know. What else do you have to say about it, bro? I agree with everything you said. And then I also want to add on a little bit more <laughs> to, you know, it being a pioneer of, of its genre. Uh, you know, there wouldn't be Battlefield. There wouldn't be any of these, uh, you know, war games uh, without Call of Duty 4 and its success. Uh, mm -hmm. not only, like you said, the, the multiplayer, but the campaign as well. What it did for games like that is incredible. Um, yeah. Certain missions like uh, All Gillied Up, you know. Yes. Um, stuff like that is, it, you know, even the settings like Chernobyl with the fucking Ferris wheel. Like, There's so many things about this game uh, that I think are impressive. And you, if you say that this game is not a pioneer, akin to Resident Evil 4 being the pioneer of like survival horror, uh, action games, you know, third person. Uh, this is that for, for first person shooters, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> all right. Well, our number four favorite game of all time. It's a Souls game. There was going to be one on here. We're huge fans of Souls games. And I think it's the first one both of us ever played. And it's Bloodborne. Yeah. And uh, listen, Bloodborne is just slick. Okay. I don't know what else to say about this game other than it's fucking hard and it's slick. And when I say it's hard, I don't mean it's hard in that it's difficult because we both had the same experience. We played the first area of Yarnum for literally 20 some hours, which is mm -hmm. honestly absolutely ridiculous in hindsight. Yeah. But once you get that soul's click in your head and you realize what you're supposed to be doing and how you're supposed to be playing it, you are open to a whole new world of games and a whole new genre of games that you never knew you would ever be able to play. Right. Once you get that click in your head and you realize how you're supposed to play the game, that's it. You're good. So um, I know there's some people, some of our friends that kind of like tried it and gave up. And it's unfortunate that you have to tell them like, oh, just play it for 20 hours and then you'll finally be able to yeah. experience right. it. Just, just takes like 20 hours or so to get into it. Yeah. Which is like a JRPG thing to say, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's just the case. You have to, it has to click. And once it does, it's a slick ass game. Once it clicks, the game is slicks. All right. Uh, the music, all right. uh, the combat, everything, the, the visuals, everything. So good. Yeah. I just fucking love Bloodborne. Number three. <laughs> um, this is something that uh, is going to probably upset a lot of people. And that's fine. You know why? Fuck you. That's why. Because it's our list. Okay. Very, very um different placing too. Yeah. Um. Well. Between yeah. There's about I. ten. About ten off. Ten places. Yeah. Um. But you know that's that's the average score. Mm -hmm. So number three, Happy Intel's number three best game, favorite game, whatever of all time is The Last of Us Two. The Last of Us Two. Um, this is a game, first of all, I just want to say, we talk about this a lot on our channel and I think I go back to like our game of the year, uh, conversations and both of us, as we talked about this game more, <laughs> realized how fucking good the game was. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I think that's funny. So if you haven't seen those videos, it's kind of, you know, not outdated at this point, but like, just go back and watch our conversations about our game of the year and specifically around the last of us two. And how we both slowly, as we're talking about it, realize how fucking good the game is. You could visually see yeah. us and hear us get more into talking about the game. I think we went um, into that video not knowing what our game of the year was. And after talking yeah. about it, it was clear. 
Yeah, because we didn't talk about any other game like it because no other game made us feel the way that this did. And I think that's what it comes down to is that we we know what the game did. It's intentional in what it did. We recognize what it was trying to do. But you know what? It worked and it worked really well. Um, and the characters and the narrative and where you are at the beginning of the game, where you are at the end of the game emotionally, um, it's it's just packs punch. Um, and the game narratively is absolutely insane and challenges us as players. So, yeah, that sums it up pretty well. Good job. I'm glad it landed on you for that because, um, that's a you you nailed it. That's a really good way to explain why it's on this list. And uh, you know, it was it did get shit on when it came out. Yep. By a lot of people, but I think a lot of that is stemming from the fact that a certain character, um, the direction of a certain character gets taken in a way that a lot of people didn't like, and. Right. I think that that's unfair to critique the whole game after playing the first hour or two. Yeah. Not to mention the leaks too, where people just yeah. didn't even play the game because of the leaks. Exactly. That's ridiculous. You're, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Number two on Haptic Intel's favorite games of all time is a game that I'm glad that I get to talk about because I'll talk about this game till my dick falls off. Um, this game, God of War, is so good that... And we said this in our last video, I don't want to be redundant, but if you didn't watch them, this game will make any game that came before it bad. <laughs> you will be so disappointed if you try to play Horizon Zero Dawn after you play God of War, you're going to have a bad time. And Horizon Zero Dawn, great game. It didn't make our top 50 list, but uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, great game. God of War is that much better in every fucking way that it will ruin that game for you. Um, and any game, any first party Sony game, even I feel like that yeah. came out, you know, before that, don't play it. Don't play it after you play God of War. It'll fuck you up. So, um, yeah, I just think what they did for Kratos as a character is phenomenal. What they turned the franchise into is phenomenal. They turned it from oh, Corey Barlog. I want to name drop yeah. him because it's really him. He was able to take a character that was just a meathead that had sex with like women. He turned him into a father and like not just a father, but like a good father. Um, yeah, this was a tale of father and son. And for better or worse, like it moved me and it meant a lot to me. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just can't talk about it enough. There's so many things that they did. Well, the one shot take they did throughout the whole game. There's no loading screens, no cuts. Um, they hide loading screens in a very brilliant way, as you mentioned in our previous video, with the mm -hmm. um, the area you go to for the fast travel. Um, yeah, what do you think? What else? I think you just you hit it on the head. Then there's uh, the, the only thing I might add is the music too. Phenomenal, um, phenomenal. The you know Boulder is a fantastic villain. Uh, Magni and Modi is a fucking slick ass boss fight. Mm -hmm. It's just such a good balance between challenging combat, you know, mixed with really rewarding combat and tactile combat. It just every part about this game just fires on all cylinders. The visuals, um, the worlds, everything. everything. It's just it's it's as close to perfect as you can get. I feel like. I think so too. And a lot of people might be turned away because it's God of War and they missed out on all the other God of Wars. It doesn't matter. Um, there's even a moment that is really truly only special if you know the lore of God of War um, and you know like the history behind Kratos and mm -hmm. they still make it feel impactful even if you haven't played a single God of War game up to this point. Yeah, which we didn't. 
which we neither of us did really. Nope. The, I, mean, I mean, the extent of my knowledge of Kratos came from freaking PlayStation All-Stars, like, <laughs> which is very bad. So, yeah, you know, yeah. so, you uh, know, a very worthy spot. But the problem is, Josh, that there's a game that beat that. Yeah, this is a game that had a near perfect score from us. That's right. Yeah. Go ahead. Now, only only two points away from God of War on the list, right? So God of War had a 97 overall. This game is a 99 overall. Um, and that is Persona 4 Golden. Wow. This game, folks. Um, I'm not surprised that it's number one on our list, honestly. I figured when we started this whole thing, I was like, God of War and Persona 4 are going to be up somewhere at the very, very tippity top of both of our lists. And sure as shit, they're like number one and two, like they're, they're high persona Four golden. We talked about it a lot last week. Um, but it is just, you know, they're the word that we bring up is family. Um, and that's what you feel like when you're playing this game, you feel like you're part of a family and that's what stands out. Yes. The JRPG elements are slick and stylish and you know, the combat feels good and, this game can be challenging at points, but also really rewarding at points. And then there's the whole mystery aspect of it, which is nuts. Um, but what it comes down to is the characters and the family that you feel like you are a part of. Um, and emotionally, this game resonated with both of us a lot. Um, you and I have discussed this game a lot, right? And it's been a pretty big bonding part for us and the Vita and why we love the Vita so much. And honestly, maybe why we're as invested in the PlayStation uh ecosystem ecosystem thank you. that's the word for as much is really probably because of this game so i just i don't it's just it's a great fantastic game obviously do you have anything to add for it yeah i think that you know it's our number one we recommend <laughs> everyone try it out it does take a little bit of time to get into it um you know if you're into pokemon then you shouldn't have a hard time getting into this it's very similar pokemon is baby's first jrpg it's it's mm -hmm. a very similar formula to pokemon um with a really great story with a really great you know de um mystery detective style thing it's like scooby-doo and pokemon fused together that's what mm -hmm. this game is um yeah. and i know that sounds silly but so listen my favorite way to play this game is not the PlayStation 2 version. It is the PlayStation Vita mobile handheld version that you could play in bed, you know, a couple hours right before you fall asleep. Um, that is my preferred way to play it. However, Josh, it did just get a lot easier to play Persona 4 Golden. It is available on Steam on PC. So, you know, please, if you're if you're watching this, you're looking for the next uh, game to play for 100 plus hours. This is the one. Oh. Try it out. It's, you know, our favorite game of all time. We can't recommend it enough. So, yeah. Yeah, you'll sink 120 hours with this easily. Yeah. Easily. So, I hope it gets so, remade on PlayStation 5 and oh my play God, it again. God, dude. I was... So, I've been listening to the Persona OST that they put on Spotify, which is all the Persona games. Yeah. And specifically Persona 4. This game's music, man, is just next level, folks. It's... Like, Persona 5 has slick music. Persona 3 has slick music. This game has fucking... It's just so good because there's bops and then there's music that's going to make you feel so cozy and comfy and there's music that's going to make you want to cry and it all fits it all yeah. fits it all makes sense yeah so uh persona 4 golden i would love it to get ported to ps5 um because i really am like hankering to play it again 
uh, as we talk about it. I need to platinum it too. I want to platinum it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if I want to do that on my Vita. So, uh, you know, put it on PS5, please. Thanks. That'll do it. That's it. That is our top 10 favorite games of all time. An average mm. between myself and Josh. It is Haptic Intel's list. We hope you guys liked this series. Um, we have talked and we'd like to do more series similar to it in the future. Um, so, you know, if you liked it, let us know. Jump into the comments below. Uh, like the video, either the full pod or the individual video, whatever you're watching of it. Um, you know, share it, subscribe, and uh, yeah, suck us off. Okay, Brett, our final topic for the week. As it is always. Indie Intel. That's right. Indie Intel. Did you look at this at all or no? I'm watching the trailer as we speak. So Oh go, my god. Go ahead and explain it. I'm being surprised here. Okay, good. I'm glad. I actually like that. All right. So the game we're talking about this week is called Lucid Soul. Okay. A villain protagonist high fantasy horror JRPG with turn bakes, combat, and a retro inspired style. This is being made by a team in Las Vegas, Nevada, Ooh. and the story goes like this. A villain protagonist, retro JRPG, influenced by Lunar, Silver Star, Eternal Blue, Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, and Silent Hill, is a mature-rated JRPG. The story. So it takes so it takes place over 30-plus hours of gameplay and is written for those wishing to be the bad guy from start to finish. It's been influenced by ideas such as how playing as Magnus and Chrono Trigger would influence the world, the gameplay, and the visuals. What would playing as Kefka change for Final Fantasy VI? How would his madness translate into gameplay, allies, playable characters, etc.? So they're basically approaching this from the aspect that you are the villain, and what does that look like when the villain is also the protagonist of the story? So there is a lot of very detailed information on um, this game. The trailer this is 13 minutes long, or 15 minutes long. Yes, and it starts with like anime like intro and then it goes into what the actual gameplay is um and it's this game looks fucking nuts there okay. are some baby girls in this game oh there are absolutely some um so some key features that they talk about is that it's designed to always have max characters in combat um and you can switch them at ease um so that you can you know target weak points and stuff like that um it says that you're going to use something called soul points so it says, think action points from Shinigami Digital Devil Saga. Um, exploit enemy weaknesses. It's JRPG turn-based combat. Okay. Uh, again, they compare it to like Shinigami Tensei. Um, it says it has two-tier combat flow. Um, so we, where you can't mash the A button to attack everything. Um, and it just basically is like it's going to be kind of complicated in that sense. Uh, where you have to exploit weaknesses and stuff like that. Like a normal JRPG. It says you can play as bosses. Um says that there's multiple screens of combat. Oh, okay, so depending if you're on land, air, or sea in the battle system. Um, there's cinematic encounters. Um, it says it's a horror RPG, not a jump scare RPG, um, which I know both of you will appreciate. Um, it says they have heavy influence from Silent Hill, which is cool. Um, and then they just show skins and some of the art. And the music, which in the trailer, by the way, is slick. Th this is just... First of all, it's one of the most comprehensive Kickstarters I've ever seen. Yeah. Like on the page. Like there is, folks, there's a lot of shit on here. And the characters and like some of the flavor text they add sound and look absolutely fucking slick. And there is a lot of it. Um, 
and there's a lot on here. So we're, listen, we're going to link this in the description, okay, obviously, to go check this out and make sure you back it. You, you'll still be able to back it at the time this video goes up. Um, but it's just, it's so cool looking, man. And this checks a lot of boxes for both of us. So I figured you would probably enjoy it. Um, but, I mean, what are what are your thoughts? I'm loving the art. I'm loving the animation style of the um, the Kickstarter trailer, like the, the little intro. I yeah. hope there's cutscenes that are are in that style because that's really awesome. Yeah, well, Dude, it says there's going to be cinematic cutscenes. You know the vibe I'm getting. This might not be the tone of the game, but from that trailer, I'm getting almost like a you know the anime Overlord. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eins Ulgon, the main character of that, is almost like this villain um, of like the underworld, but he is the main character of the of the game of the anime now he doesn't do bad things like he he's he does good things um right but that's like the vibe i'm getting um and all these like women characters that are gonna yeah. do his bidding and whatnot um yeah so yeah oh so there's some commissions like you can get of the characters I, I, was, <laughs> I was gonna say it looks like there's some also not safe for work commissions that they're doing yeah uh potentially towards the bottom of the page huh. um they explain why kickstarter Risks and challenges, all that normal stuff. I don't see anything actually specifically about the team on here, except for maybe the artists. Um, but obviously, it's going to be a small team based in Las Vegas, Nevada, in the United States. And uh, I don't know. I just I thought this would really uh, tickle our, uh, you know, our dills on this one. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. This is something that I'm really into. Um, I'm gonna have to look and see if I can find more gameplay. I'll watch the full the full trailer to see if I can mm -hmm. see like what the game actually plays like. Dude, these characters yeah. are so well designed and are so cool looking, and yeah. I just wow, I'm really I'm really impressed. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of different pledge tiers. Um, I think you can get the game for 20 bucks if you pledge that. So you're gonna get a digital copy of it. They expect to release in October of 2022. Um, it's currently uh, sitting at about 13 days to go. So it'll be um, a little over a week when this video goes live. Um, they're at a little over $40,000 of their $50,000 goal. Um, so, you know, even if it's just a buck, you guys should back this one. It looks really, really, really cool. And to me, when I see a Kickstarter page that's this in depth, I have a lot of confidence in the product that's going to be delivered at the end of it. Um, Absolutely. From, you you from, know there's something already there structurally, right? Right. And they, they go really deep into explaining the combat system and a lot of the characters. Like this is, this is a game that needs to be backed and I trust it because of how much detail is on here. Yeah. They're so, at 81% of their goal, so they're close. Yeah. They're close. So, um, you have anything else to add, Brett, or you good? No, definitely check out the Kickstarter, like Josh said, to get these more detailed looks at everything. We can't really capture the the detail of this Kickstarter through video format. I'm sure Josh will, when he's editing, will throw photos or videos or whatever in the beginning and, and throughout. But um, definitely check out the the actual link in our description because it is fucking nuts. Yeah. All right, Lucid Soul, check it out. Well, Brett, that brings us to the end of another week. That's right. It's another over. Podcast. It's over. It's all never over. To, never to happen again. There will never be another Have to Cast episode 35, probably, unless we restart again, but probably not. Sad. Very sad. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, thank you everybody for checking it out. Um, you know, as a reminder, again, we have a stream live stream series coming up in the very near future. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you do all of the YouTube stuff you like, you jump into the comments below, you subscribe, you share it. Uh, we're still, you know, we're still very close to 400 subscribers. So every little bit of sharing and shilling helps us. Um, yeah, anything else you'd like to add, Brett? Uh, yeah, check out our new series that we have two episodes up already. It's called Unplanned Baggage. It's up on mm -hmm. our channel. Episode three will be coming in the coming weeks. Um, you know, just mm -hmm. please support it. Go check them out if you haven't seen them already. Uh, you know, the more you guys check it out, the more we know that it's worth uh, spending the money on these ridiculous gifts for each other. And, uh, you know, we'll make more if you guys show them more love. So, the you know, what we've seen so far is great. You guys are, are absolutely loving them. And uh, we're definitely going to do a three. So go check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for this one. See everybody next time. Later. Thank you for watching Haptocast. Please like and subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you do not miss an upload.